I have this, this philosophy that if I see something compelling, I just trust in the retargeting gods that they'll bring it back to me again. Welcome to Marketers Talking Marketing, the podcast where marketers come together to talk marketing. And today we are talking about one of my I would say my, one of my favorite inflammatory conspiracy theory statements that people make, and that is that email is dead because it's not dead. <laughs> so before we jump into it and start ranting, uh, introducing our guest, Kylie, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I just recently started um, as a head of growth marketing at NetBox Labs. We actually just announced yesterday that we are spinning out of NS1, who's being acquired by IBM. And we're really basically taking NetBox, which is the best uh, network source of truth solution on the market and is an open source tool and uh, commercializing it, adding all the enterprise support, enterprise grade support that folks need. And I'm really excited about the team and um, what's to come. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an exciting first few weeks. It has <laughs> been. Yes, <laughs> come come into that. Uh, yeah, it's it's super exciting time. And I saw so I saw on LinkedIn you shared a post and you were talking about email marketing. We've both spent our career leveraging email as a really valuable platform. Email is really, I think, the only like channel you have where your audience has opted into hearing from you. Uh -huh. Your sellers may have filled your marketable database with contacts that they scraped, but for the most part, right, if you're running it well and you're tailoring your list, it's such a fruitful topic. So just throwing it over to you, tell me what inspired you to write the post. Let's talk about it and we'll go from there. Yeah, you know, I think every industry has their mix of what's the super cool, hot new tools to use. And uh, it can be easy to, uh, you know, be attracted to those. And while there's tons of great new digital tools on the market and, you know, some even AI driven that can can certainly drive a lot of campaign growth. I think in the end, email marketing, to your point, is the folks who have raised their hand to hear from you and who especially as other, you know, channels get crowded, like we're all on Slack a lot, we're all on Teams a lot, that um, inboxes and, and directly setting, you know, a message to someone in a targeted way to a targeted group has its place. And I think sometimes when people say email marketing is dead, what they're really saying is these very, you know, non-personalized, non-targeted, lengthy nurture emails might be dead, but completely overlook you know, the role that even just marketing automation and sending someone an asset they downloaded and reminding them about an event coming up via email is all still super relevant and, and super high performing. Yeah. Bad email marketing should be dead. Like yeah, that, no appetite for it. I definitely, yeah, 20, oh my God, 20 years ago. Well, email marketing was a thing 20 years ago, which is painful to say. Um, but let's talk like 10, 15 years ago when email marketing was growing, a lot of it was that it was blasting people because you don't yeah. have personalization tools. Yeah. There's no appetite for that anymore with the rise of, I would not even tools like Movable Inc where they're dedicated tools for doing personalization. Every email provider, every email sender that you're using has options for personalizing your email content. Yes, And even just making sure you're sending someone the content they want and not the wrong thing it it should be table stakes. Like it should just be a thing that everyone does. And there's probably still a lot of marketers out there who just don't do it. I don't know why. Yeah. Don't come not, for us. <laughs> who might not know, you know, that bunch barks 
exist and that, that there's ways to segment by persona, like you said, by by use case. And I, I think it's the folks that are, to your point, blasting that are saying email is dead because they're not seeing the opens or click-throughs that they're they're hoping to see. But good email marketing and targeted email marketing is just still so valuable. Yeah. So when you're thinking about building an email campaign and trying to personalize and really serve the right content to that person, what are some of the things that you look at or things that you leverage to make sure that your email is as impactful as it can be? Yeah. So I really, you know, look to look at a funnel and say, you know, is that if this person came in here on the funnel, am I offering them content that's offering more value and bringing them further down and giving them, you know, ways to compare or, you know, see themselves in a pain point? Is it right for their persona? Is it, am I addressing them like someone who's going to be going in and doing this work? Or am I addressing them as someone who's managing someone who's going to go in and do this work? You know, what do I also have to be, like even something as simple as when am I going to send this email? Am I going to send it at my 10 a.m.? Am I going to send it at their 10 a.m.? Oh my God, send in local time zone. Yes, send in local time zone. I the other day got, and this isn't a marketing email, I got a sales email, a sales outbound email. It's like 1 a.m., I'm scrolling TikTok because I can't sleep. And I got a call that came in from not a US number. So I don't answer it because I just, uh, no one's calling me. <laughs> like yeah. I just don't know people. Uh, and then I got an email immediately following up saying, hey, just try to give you a call. Would love to chat for 10, 15 minutes about X, Y, and Z. And it was like, and this person I looked at, they were in South Africa. <laughs> so I was like, what? I'm not, why did you not look at my location? Like calling me at, at 1 a.m. my time? You know, I'm glad that didn't wake me up. I didn't answer thinking it was an emergency because I would have been so upset about getting interrupted in the middle of the night. And then this email follow up and I didn't, I didn't reply. And then when I woke up in the morning, I had another email on top of it. It's like, your timing is so (laughs) far off. You are in the wrong time zone. Like this is not going to work at all. Yeah. We talked about this or a panelist, her name was Kate Adams and she was the CMO. um, And I'm blanking on the the vendor name. I'll have to toss it out to you after. But she was also talking about how like we all have in our heads that Tuesday at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. is the best time to send an email and that that keeps getting repeated and that there's just so much value in not sending your email at that time. So I sent this random community email just for fun the other day at like Friday at 2 p.m. for local time for everyone. And the the response rate was incredible. The engagement and opens and click-throughs. And I you know, you might say Friday at 2, 8, 2 p.m. People are just trying to, you know, get out of the office or finish up there. But I think they were actually looking for some reason not to do those things, maybe, and open my email. Exactly. We sent, it was one, when I was at NS1, we would send emails on like the Sunday of Thanksgiving. Yeah. On like the Sunday after Christmas. On holiday weekends, we would always send emails like that last weekend day of it because you've had four or five days off. Yeah. You know, you're starting to get back in the swing of things. Yep. You don't want to come into a chaotic Monday. And so you're checking your emails on Sunday mm-hmm. or you're like sitting at your in-laws on the couch, not wanting to engage and checking your <laughs> work emails. You know, people do things outside of what we're told is the best practices. Yep. I had an episode <laughs> that we recorded last week and it was just marketing conspiracy theories. Oh, that's fantastic. And one of them is these best practices that people regurgitate that often don't work if you're not testing your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, and tools like HubSpot make it so easy to create an email and send it at send it at local time Edward. but also delay it, you know, have it sending at different times locally with it to really test that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of touched on this earlier too, but because we're such heavy Slack users at Netbox Labs, 
I don't get a lot of emails. And so folks who actually email me stand out because they're usually, you know, I'm keeping an eye on it for external partners and for, for folks outside the company. But if I get an email, it's more, it feels more novel, I guess, to me. It's kind of like the equivalent that used to be of like, oh, let's go check the mailbox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I, I had a similar notice. I'm So I have a handful of clients that have added me into their company so that I have access to everything. And I realized for one of them, I haven't gotten any junk emails at all. And I don't know if it's their company privacy filters are really strict on their workplace settings, not to allow emails coming in from outside, but I've gotten no prospecting emails at all. Wow. But I got somehow added to a few marketing newsletters that I did not sign up for. <laughs> and I've been reading them because I, I'm not getting anything. So I noticed them because they're not getting buried in, you know, 30, 40 emails coming in every day. Yeah. And that's a, that's another example of email marketing too, that like, I think newsletters are totally having a glow up moment. Like they yes. went away for a while and now they're, people want digest, they want quick snackable uh, pieces of content. And so I, I think newsletters are, I, I mean, I feel like I've seen them come back a lot more and I find myself engaging them a lot more because I think it's, again, it's all of our t- attention. Yeah. And, you know, we want to us. <laughs> newsletter sponsorship right now is the hottest thing. If you are not doing it in general, check it out. But there's companies like Paved, where as a newsletter owner, you can go and sign up to actually monetize space on your newsletter. And then as a sponsor, you can go and you can see all these newsletters and maybe they have 10,000 subscribers, right? Where they're not often going to be selling large packages, but they can open it. It's almost like micro-influencing. Yeah. You have all these little like micro-newsletters or sub-stacks. There's people making a stupid amount of money on sub-stacks, getting subscribers on them. It definitely is in a resurgence. I think there, I think there's always been value in curating things. That's why news exists, right? News networks. There's value in curating them. And so when you have a newsletter and you're bringing together valuable content and your readers know that you're always delivering value and not just spamming them with a ton of links, that affinity can grow so strong. Right. And they turn to trust you. And so they're always going to open. Like there's newsletters that I open every morning and I check every yep, morning. Probably four. <laughs> Having an opt-in in your email for if someone forwarded it is a great way to grow your subscriber list too. Yeah, I think that's a great pro tip. <laughs> yeah. I'd always uh, find it funny when you look at email stats and you go, oh, this email was open 10 times. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, and from different geolocations, yes. someone forwarded it internally. Yes. <laughs> On that side. Do you have a favorite tool for email marketing? You know, I... We're in a scrappy startup, so I'm uh, I'm in the the HubSpot camp right now. I have in the past heard great things about um, Send With Us or Dispatch. Um, oh. I did some work, marketing work with them too, full disclosure. But they just really let you personalize and um, pull in all kind of developmental capabilities without needing a developer. So in addition to you know, in addition to HubSpot, which we use. I haven't, um, I haven't in the past had a ton of budget to, to have some yeah. new things. I recently started using Send in Blue Didn't. for, so I'm, I'm a HubSpot shop. We use HubSpot internally yes, and I have a, almost certified. all my clients. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Solution Did my partner certification, uh, <laughs> plug if you need HubSpot help, you know, anyone listening, hit me up. But I recently signed up for Send in Blue because with Marketers Talking Marketing, we're, we are planning a large mailing list. You know, we're, we're being optimistic here. We recently signed up for Send in Blue 
because it can work really well when you have massive volumes you're sending out and you can automate it from WordPress and other options. And I was very impressed with their pricing structure and their capabilities. And I had never heard of them before. So, you know, plus one for send in blue if you're looking at an, an email sender. MailChimp recently has drastically increased their pricing, but I've been sending them up for a client and because there's a bunch of native integrations that they have, and they now have workflows similar to HubSpot. So they're they're getting pretty robust too. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few newsletters I follow recently that were on MailChimp, which are like, they were, you know, very um, sophisticated newsletters and like the organization was, you know, pretty mature. So I, I had the feeling that maybe they had upped their game a little bit. <laughs> yeah, certainly not the MailChimp. It was like 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> on that side. But do, do you find that you buy a lot of stuff off emails? You know, no, both as a professional and personally, I, I don't find I buy a ton from emails. I think I, I'm more of a, I think Instagram really gets me. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. What about you? Yeah. I've, I have bought, um, from stores that I've bought from in the past, I have bought a ton from emails that they send out because they'll often send, I did have to unsubscribe from Sir Latab's email list because I was getting emails every single day Yes, and not one email. I was getting like two to three emails a day. Yeah. I was like, this is so much. I'm not going to buy another like Le Crusade pan. Yeah. <laughs> not happening. Um, but like Athleta, I bought a lot from when they hit with a sale in the, in the, in the inbox. Yeah. Like, oh, like that is, that is something I would buy. I tend to get that with Instagram. I have this, this philosophy that if I see something compelling, I just trust in the retargeting gods that they'll bring yeah. it back to me again. Yes. And if I see it a couple of times, I'm like, well, shit, I guess it's meant to be. <laughs> and then I buy it. Uh, but <laughs> I try not to buy the first time I see something. I'm yeah. just looking at my desk. Like there's definitely stuff on my desk that I have bought off. In Actually, this is from an Instagram ad. When I travel, I like to pretend I'm a married woman. And so I bought this ring Everly rings. Okay, look at the box. Look at this nice box. Right, pretty. I'm never throwing it out. It has a little, it's like padded with a spot for the rings in it. So I bought myself a fake, a little fake uh, engagement ring to wear when I travel. It's actually really, it was like 80 bucks, but it doesn't look fake at all. Like it's actually really nice, but this box is amazing. Yeah. You can just store rings and I'm never getting rid of the box. It's the most millennial statement ever. <laughs> but I got this because I got hit with a bunch of Instagram ads. Then I was finally like, all right, I'll give it a try. Loved it. He said, so, so, so. <laughs> the moral of the story is don't give up an email marketing and retarget on Instagram. Yes. And people will, people will buy. Yeah. That's, that's the moral of our story. <laughs> that's okay. Um, is there anything else email related you think that is a misconception or people aren't always paying attention to? Yeah. You know, I think just like the, some of the basics people have forgotten um, in terms of building out a really robust nurture strategy. I think so often we'll have examples of where leads came in really hot and then maybe slowed down and they weren't maybe either they weren't recycled over to marketing or once they were, there wasn't somewhere for it to go. But I love a good wake the dead email campaign. I love the ability to go back, you know, a year after a deal, maybe it was closed lost and say like, hey, you know, how did that work out for you? Here's some of the latest innovation yeah. we have. Here's some of the customers who have- Do you regret up. not buying us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have regrets. Yeah. 
Uh, how'd building it in-house go? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but I think some of those just like opportunities to go back and refresh, you know, refresh and let people raise their hand for you um, can go a long way. Yeah, I love it. I agree. And one of your, if I understand correctly, like one of the things you're also focusing on, you have experience in is also the community side with open source. Right. So has email been a large role of how you're continuing to engage and nurture that community, especially with like the rise of Slack and Discord and other spots where people can be in conversation? Is email, has it still been valuable? Yeah. So I, you know, being on week three, I have not uh, spun up a robust plan yet, but I've, I've really focused on cultivating um, the Slack community we have. And then my plan is to have a open source dedicated newsletter so that some of the goodness that's in Slack, because we're all in a million Slack channels and they're, you know, such great insights shared and answers to questions that a lot of people have. So that I can surface some of those insights from the community into the newsletter in the form of blog posts or quick, you know, Q&A snippets. And, you know, there's one community member, Katie Ray, shout out to Metadata, uh, who does it really well. I was uh, just thinking about her. <laughs> yeah, does it really well. I'm part of their, like, market. Whenever I see, like, a yeah. group in there, she has it on LinkedIn. She has it on their blog. Uh, but I think using Slack and harnessing you know, what the community is serving up themselves and then getting it in front of them in a newsletter is really beneficial. Yeah, I was just thinking about Katie Ray and the demand community because something that she does in the newsletters is she'll also call out people in the community. Yeah. And so she'll call out like, here's our top engagers or so-and-so is looking for this. And so it, like, I think everyone knows her because she's, she's everyone just knows Katie, Katie Ray. But she really focuses on in that newsletter, highlighting people in the community. And so it feels like I want to also be involved because like, maybe I'm going to get a shout out on the community newsletter. Yeah. Like maybe I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to see my face in there and it yeah. almost gamifies it for community members too, to get more involved with it. But yeah, that was a great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> exactly where I was going. She's coming. She's going to come on the podcast. We, oh. we did a, yeah, eventually we got to get a book still. Well, thank you so much for joining today to chat about email marketing. If you're on the fence at home about getting more robust with your emails, do it. Send us your emails. I would love to see them. I love to receive a good email. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sucker for newsletters. I subscribe to everything. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.